0: Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Welcome in on a Wednesday morning. The seasons are colliding. Football and basketball overlapping in the spring. It's kind of weird that way. Uh, Nakua, big story. He wants to transfer back to BYU. PK and I had him on in the very last segment of the show yesterday. We're going to replay that for you coming up at about 6.40 this morning. So stay tuned for that. Right now, before we get to the basketball and the March Madness, we're going to start with a little college football, spring football at BYU. Multiple storylines. Here's Kalani Sataki with the media.
1: We were just talking to Jacob, and, you know, obviously we've talked to Baylor, we've talked to Jaron. What's it been like watching these guys? And what have you liked? What do you you want to see from them as as they battle for the most high-profile position?
2: Yeah, I like the competition. I like that they all – uh, they, they, they have a high sense of, of confidence and uh, that's because they've worked hard and now we got this great competition going on and, and you're seeing the best out of them every day. And so I, I think um, their job is to make it really hard on us as far as who to choose and so far they're doing a good job at it. And so, um, you know, I, I, it's just nice to have a bunch of guys that can play in a lot of different positions and uh, definitely helps out when they're playing quarterback. So uh, we'll keep it keep it rolling, and I'm just proud of those guys and uh, the professionalism that they have around each other and around the team, and um, just the high high competitiveness that they have. Also, is, it's it's being a, a, a good um, example for the rest of the guys that are competing for spots right now too.
1: I also wanted to ask just about Mick Hill. Saw the notification about oh, his yeah. retirement, and obviously, he's meant a lot to BYU football. Just some thoughts on him or stories about him, what what he's meant to, to this program.
2: Yeah, it's, it's going to be really hard to, to say goodbye to Mick. And, and you know, he, he was here when I was a player. And so, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful that I got to be the head coach um, and that he was in the equipment room with us. And, um, you know, we've had, I, I think, just... Just goes to show the type of people that, that are around our players, and um, and how how, mu- how much of an impact they have on our lives, and so uh, you know all, all these great mentors that we've had that I I've been able to have as a player and and uh seeing them impact others lives and specifically with our football players it's it's a, it's just it's just a great sight to see and i'm uh, really thankful for, for the things that mick has done and all his years of service decades of service and uh you know we're gonna miss him he's, he's always welcome back here it's his home but um you know we're, we're we're thankful for all the work that he's done the sacrifice and the, the lives that he's influenced here all right
1: let's go mitch and then hunter
3: Kalani, uh, what's, uh, you know, just talked with uh, Jacob. What, what's some of your memories of uh, that recruitment, uh, getting Jacob to sign with BYU and what he maybe meant to that recruiting class, um, just some of the characteristics that you saw in him as a recruit?
2: Yeah, I mean, he, you know, when we, we talked to him and, and was it, we were able to work with him, I think the most, uh, uh, for me, the the... the the most impressive thing was him being a recruiter for us when I mean, he was committed to us. And, uh, you know, we, we had to battle with him a little bit because battle for him because there's a lot of teams coming after him. And uh, he stuck with it. And, and not only that, but he was able to call and, and make some, um, you know, some, you uh, uh, some recruiting calls, trying to keep – I mean, that's what great quarterbacks do is they want to make sure that they have good targets to throw to and they want to make sure that they have linemen to protect them. And so uh, it was it was a really good moment. But he, he he's a guy that you didn't have to ask him to do stuff. He was always on, on top of it from the very beginning. And and that's just the way he's been as a player. You know, he uh, took advantage of all the reps that he got as a scout team quarterback and um, against our defense. And, and I walked in to tell in when he was saying that he was able to go against them he gave our, our, our defense a lot, of, uh, a lot of issues and a lot of fits with, with his accuracy and, and his ability to, to make plays and make great accurate throws. And so uh, he's just the type of guy that whenever faced with adversity or even faced with things that aren't ideal, he'll turn it around and make it a positive and, and learn and grow from it. And that's exactly what our culture is all about here on this team. And he's a perfect fit for our program.
3: You're a third of the way through practices, I believe. Today was day five. Uh, how are you guys health-wise? Is there still an optimistic outlook on on having a a spring game at the at the conclusion of this? And where are you at in, in terms of health? Yeah, we're
2: hopeful for that. I mean, I think we've got some a uh, little bit guys that are banged up here and there but that happens with with a uh, physical sport but um we've been able to get a lot of 11 on 11 football and um you know we keep working with that i think we're going to ramp it up a little bit more too as, as we go on especially uh, working towards the tail end of a spring ball right now we're still in in the install phase trying to get as much as we can in there before we scrimmage and before we go uh, a lot of the live work so um, I, I feel really good with the team. I feel really good about, about the coaching and the things that I've seen from the leadership and and the progress that I'm seeing from a lot of our younger guys that are developed. And the competition has been really good, so I, I'm really excited about what I'm seeing from the team right now. And we'll we'll just keep building on this. Last year we, we were cut around this time, you know, where we're done. I think we're done after practice five, and so now. We'll try to make the next 10 count and, and try to make sure that we can help this uh you know get us into a good momentum going into the offseason and going into fall camp
3: coach are you maybe looking to add any more players to the roster through the transfer portal or anything like that
2: yeah recruiting is always i mean even with it being a dead period um, you know, for, for it seems like keeps getting extended. We're gonna do as much as we can in recruiting. So recruiting always happens. It's a it's a year-round thing. So anytime there's, and I'm always looking to uh, improve our team and and uh, get it better. And there's a lot of guys that I think fit our program and and we'll just keep working with that so as long as we as long as the portal happens we've got to make sure that we check into it and make sure that they're good fit for what we're doing here at BYU and want to commit to what we're what we're about
3: what's maybe something that you saw from you know week one of spring practices that you either want to improve on or build on here in week two
2: well, there's just so much room for improvement. I mean, I, I think uh, develop depth is the key. You know, we want to make sure that we have more than just 11 starters on offense and 11 stars on defense, and then we're getting a good uh, amount of special teams working uh, as well. So uh, we've got to focus. Everyone talks about offense, defense, but I think the, the, the third phase uh, special teams is just as important and um, they can win your game. So we're going to focus on those things and keep working on the fundamentals. I, I see a lot of great development from our players. And you can see guys have made some, um, made some sacrifices, uh, getting their bodies right and making sure that they got bigger and stronger. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're trying to put it to, to work on the field. Right now, from what I'm seeing, I, I think uh, I like the way it's working. Uh, I think we have a good chance.
1: Um, ben and then Mitch. Coach, um, just kind of piggybacking off recruitment, Mitch's question and Hunter's question, what makes BYU an attractive destination right now to play at? If you were to kind of encompass it and describe it as in a pitch, like what makes it attractive to to recruits right now?
2: Well, I, I would say right when you ask that question, I think the opportunity to grow and learn is the fact that BYU is hard is the key you know it's it's a difficult place uh, as far as academics it's it's, it'll test you in academics obviously we're going to put you in an uncomfortable position in in football and try to get the most out of you in football and and uh, and then you you have to commit to a, a lifestyle that's unique and different than anywhere else in the country so I think we hang our hat on the fact that this is going to be a tough, tough go at it and, and, but you're going to learn a lot of great things about yourself. It's very similar to what you do on a mission. You know, the, we, we love our missions, those that have served missions because it's, it was hard and because there's so much growth took place in those two years and I think there's an opportunity for these young men here, whether they're here for four, five years, two years or even one year as a transfer, great opportunity for them to grow and, and get better and, uh, you know, we, we feel like our culture is built on love and learn and and I think you can really thrive for those guys that are looking for a way to test themselves and, and get better.
1: We see kind of the, the different mantras that come out and uh, goals and visions that, that, that have come out of the football program. What makes that culture that you described unique um, in the grand scheme of things? And, and what makes it, you know, your culture that you've created there?
2: Well, first of all is it's not not like I'm the one that that's creating all this stuff this is this is what we work with as a society and what we work with that's very similar to what we do in the gospel and so uh, for me to sit here and act like it's it's an original um, think for idea for me is it's it's not I, I obviously it's been around and and there's some things that Lavelle did that, that I think really carry over and, and are good things and there's things that even Croton and, and, and Bronco when they during their time uh, it'd be foolish for me not to learn from the guys that have been here before and have done it right and then I want to make sure that I keep building on that and so if, uh, if for me it's just follow I mean we get re- religious here is just follow the example of Christ in everything you know and I think I think that's an easy uh, formula to follow for, for all of us and whether we're young or old and I, I'm, that, I'm trying to keep working on that and it's not about – I don't think it's about being perfect. It's about uh, effort and going – going, doing your, being your best self. And so, I think uh, President Nelson talked about the, the Lord loves effort. I think that's a great statement there.
3: Uh, Kalani, you know, Mick Hill's staff, the, the equipment staff, it's kind of rebranded a little bit as, as player experience staff. And I'm curious, is, is – The player experience, is it kind of a byproduct like you have to almost recruit players every single day in your program in this era of the transfer portal? Do you think like that at all, where you have to make sure that you're winning your guys over every day they're in the program and also on the recruiting trail?
2: no not really I mean I feel like uh, there's there's reasons for guys to leave and reasons for guys to be added here and so that's part of the whole attrition that's that's just part of football and, and the transfer portal makes it easier and more difficult in, in a lot of different ways so to put it all in one general statement it's really hard to, to do that for me but I, I feel like if, if you're of going with what we're doing here as a program and what our, our mission statement is as a, as a university and as a football program, uh, I think it'll be okay. But there's guys that want to play more and, and want to look at other opportunities to play, and I get that too. I, I just think, don't think it has to be a negative issue. I think there's a, there's a way that we can communicate with our players and see what's best for them and see what's best for us and, and then come to a conclusion that will that make everybody happy. At least uh, I want more guys that are committed to, to what we're doing here and, um, you know, whether someone's uh, not being their best self or, or can be their best self somewhere else, I think the key is for them to, to find a way and be in an environment where they can thrive. And so I think you just being transparent, have an open discussion with players uh, and, and seeing what they're all about, seeing what their passions are about and, and, um, and then, you know, come to a really good conclusion where they, where they fit the best. And Maybe it's a position change, maybe it's a, a wholesale change is a different location, but I don't think it's it's a negative thing. We're talking about them and their dreams. I think if you just don't do anything and don't do anything about it, then that then that doesn't do anyone any good. Whether it's a coaching staff or a player. All
1: right, we're gonna do last two questions. Jake Edmonds, Mente, Carmen.
3: coach uh, going back to, to Jacob's interview he mentioned he kind of characterized himself as a pocket passer that can also run the ball uh, which seems like a lot of quarterbacks could say that but what, how would you characterize him and what makes him unique what kind of sets him apart
2: I think all the, all the quarterbacks have something that's unique about all, all of them, you know, but uh, if we're talking about Jacob specifically, uh, the guy's a winner. (laughs) You you look what he's done in high school and and he's a great leader, you know, and, and um, and he works hard. And so uh, I think he's creative and he does a lot of great things. And and there's never a job that's, that's too little for him or too big. So I I think uh, Jacob's got a bright future and, it all depends on when that when that when his time starts. You know, it's up to him, and I think the competition is going to get the best out of all those guys, and he, he's he's embracing the competition just like Jaron and and Baylor and Sojay and the rest are. Lonnie, well, I mean, you have a developmental program, and you know Chris Wilcox was a great example
0: of what you tried to do when you get the measurables. Who would you think would be another candidate to take a step like that in your development? as you try to get the people that can
1: fit in and then you try to build them in what you want?
2: Oh, I mean, I think everybody's got opportunities to develop, but you look at, I think when you mentioned that, the one that stood out to, to me the most is like Blake Freeland, who was a quarterback in high school and his first uh, live reps in the, in the game was his true freshman year against Boise State against a really good uh, end. I think it was Weaver was his name. Right, and so I think he's got a lot of ability. But a lot of our players are, are developmental guys. Look at how many guys that we we bring in as safeties and turn them to linebackers, or that we bring as linebackers turn them to DNs. ends, and and uh, you know we guy like Harris Chance that he comes in and he's, he's a being pulled off his mission, and now he's our is a big monster. You never have thought that a couple years ago he was struggling to put on weight, and so uh, I think everybody wants to play right away. That's everyone's goal. But there also has to be a goal where we feel like they're, the, and then we can maximize their potential on the field. And, and maybe that's a position change, you know, or maybe it's just guys that you feel like have the great, um, foundation to, to develop on and Chris specifically was had tons of speed we just need him more experience and we he, he took his you know he took his uh, his lumps along the way true freshman year and and I think he's developing to a fine player but I think a lot of players if you're looking on our on our depth chart can fit that developmental uh, part and everyone can develop
1: so so Dick was asking about are you going to be um, having any activities uh, that that you know showcase that you also like to have fun, Kalani? So like you're grateful, um, you you, in, you disseminate this attitude of gratitude, um, and you showcase it by maybe having fun and kind of having having a good time. I think that's what was that right, Dick?
2: Okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think. I mean I think I think maybe it annoys people when I try to have as much fun as I can with the players but um I, that's just me being trying to be myself you know and uh, I I remember someone said well Lavelle never did that and I, yeah that's true but I got to be myself Lavelle asked me to be myself and I think uh I'm not. I'm not going to be shy when it comes to the players want to see me dance. I'm going to do it. Just have fun with it. And I, I never said it would be good. I just said I would do it. Right. So I, I'm willing to do a lot of things. You know, and uh, especially if, it, if if my players want it and if they request it, then I'll do whatever I can to make people happy and let them know that I'm not. I'm not against making myself look like a fool sometimes if it's going to make some people smile. <laughs>
0: There's Kalani Sataki with the media. Spring football continues at BYU. When we come back, March Madness, Big Sky style with Randy Ray and a little glimpse into not just the Big Sky tournament, but what this means for all tournaments, including the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's a different year, as Randy is about to tell you. Stay with us. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to hear from Randy Ray. Weber State basketball coach joined us later in yesterday's show with uh, all the changes, and it's been a really different year for Weber State. But also, not just what they've been through, but what they're about to go through. Conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament are going to be different. Randy Ray gets into that with PK and I right now here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Randy, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? We are good. I... I was curious if you're really feeling March Madness, or if in the bizarreness that is this season, you're on to the next thing. It's labeled March Madness, but everything is its own thing, and it's not really comparable to previous years.
5: It's different. <laughs> it's it's a little different, but um, you know, it was the weirdest year ever. Obviously, everybody knows that. It was just strange from the get go, and it was strange all the way through. And but. You know, we've gotten to play some basketball games, so what actually ended up happening compared to what could have happened, you know, where we couldn't, you know, there's a chance we wouldn't, weren't going to have a season, it's all good. It's been good. It really has. But, uh, no, you know, everybody's getting ready for the conference tournaments now, and, and we're getting excited. Everybody's getting excited. So it's, it's a little weirder, stranger, because of all the protocols and all the things that you've got to do to stay safe. And to test negative, that part's really weird, so it's a little different. But bottom line is we get to play some more games.
6: So I guess if you define weird as losing five games in the conference that you didn't play and then one of them minutes before, and then you have a senior day on a day you don't even have a game. If that's your definition of weird, Randy, well then you got me.
5: (laughs) That was weird, PK. That was weird, yeah. I mean, we ended up losing... You know, it's kind of – I'll be honest with you. Our kids have done a good job, and we've been fortunate because we have not had a positive case since August. Right. Um, so we, we were lucky. Um, but, yeah, we lost four home games during conference play. We didn't lose our uh, – you know, we only lost one road game, so we played nine road games, which is two or three more than anybody else in our league. Yeah. We got, we got you know, the last senior day coming up. We're excited. Seniors are excited. And about two hours before the game, I get a call from Coach Smiley at UNC, and I saw his phone number or his name come across the phone. I said, well, this is not going to be a good phone call. <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't. And, you know, it was protocols. We had to, you know, on the big sky decided it wasn't safe to play. So. But we did have senior day with no fans, pretty much our team, and a few family members. And we got to celebrate that, so that was good. So, yeah, I guess – it was weird, PK. It was weird. It was different, for sure.
0: So, you know, you try to handicap these conference tournaments and you've seen a limited number of games and you try to figure out the best teams. You try to figure out who's hot. Uh, and PK kind of referenced it here. You're 17-5, and five, which in any year, that's a good record. And you're 12-3 and three in league. And you, know, you try to throw out some of the early season stuff. And so you started 3-3, three and three, and you played a lot of non-conference stuff on the road. I think you only had one or two home games up to that point. Um, right. So then I look, and you're like, well, they were 14-2-4. Four. 14 wins, two losses, and four canceled games uh, after the loss of BYU dropped you to 3-3. Three and three. But... It looks like a three-team. I mean, anyone can do it. But you and Eastern Washington and SUU are all jammed up at the top of the league there. You're separated by a half a game or so. And Eastern Washington, you didn't play them, and you split the two games with SUU. So I have no idea what to expect. Can you give us any idea what to expect?
5: I don't know if you can ever say you know what's going to happen in a conference tournament any year, to be honest with you, DJ. Um, but I do know, you know, Eastern's got a very good team. I know Southern Utah's got a very good team. You know, uh, we've had a really good season. Uh, but you get into those conference tournaments, and anybody can beat anybody. But um, it looks like those three teams, you know, have separated themselves. But then you got to look at, you know, what what did everybody do in, in conference play? You know, some teams didn't have to play on the road very much, and they played more home games, and so it's a little bit harder to handicap when it, the, the schedule has been so lopsided and so skewed and unbalanced. Maybe it's harder, and we didn't get the chance to play Eastern, and they were supposed to come to our place for two games. So it's hard to know. You know, I don't. You know, I think we got a good basketball team. We've got a really good season. They have too. How do we match up? I don't know exactly. You know, hopefully you get a chance to play them. So I think this year with – and we're a conference that when games – we weren't allowed to make up games. A lot of conferences, they like the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, they canceled games or postpone them, and they got to make most of those up. And we weren't allowed to. So that even made it a little more difficult to kind of say who's what and who's all that. But, so it is a little bit harder to say what will happen.
6: I'm wondering, Randy, if the situation this year versus last year weren't good last year and you turned it around this year, if it reminds you of uh, last time you went through this, 2014-15, uh, you weren't good, and then you came back in 15 and 16 and you just
5: dominated.
6: you see any similarities there?
5: You know, a little bit, PK. Um, we had to, you know, last year we weren't good. Uh, we had to flip our roster. We brought in nine new guys and basically we got you know our top six guys were all new from last year and that's been a challenge because we've had to try to get this team on the same page and playing together and buying into team and all that kind of stuff and that took us some time to do that but uh but but it is a little bit similar in the fact that uh we weren't quite as good and then you know we got better the next year and And I feel that way about this year's team compared to last year's team. We're much, much better than we were last year. And, uh, you know, we just got better players. We got older. We got a lot older. You know, we took nine guys and eight of them were transfers just to become older. Yeah. Um, And it was some anxious times doing that for sure. But but they worked out and they're really good kids and they bought into our culture and they really bought into playing for each other. You know, everybody told me, hey, if you're going to take transfers – you know they're going to be selfish. They're playing for themselves. They don't care about team. And a lot of that is true sometimes. But we had these kids that we brought in pretty well vented. And then when we got them here, you know, we let them know from day one: uh, if you're here to play for your own personal agenda, you might as well leave right now because it ain't going to work. I'm not going to play. Yet. And and uh, and the kids really bought into it. But it took us some games to get comfortable playing together in games. In practice, you can. It's not the same. You have to play games to, you know, define who your identity is and get these kids to, to see if we move the ball and play together and, and uh, take myself out of it and just play for your teammates. You know, we got a chance to be pretty good. And when they started to see that working in games, then it really clicked. And we did. We got better. And, and it ended up being a good basketball team. So
0: you've got, it looks like an eight-man rotation here, and they've all played, you know, at least 18 of the 22 games, and they're all playing at least 15 minutes, right? So of those eight guys, four of them shoot 40% or better from three, and a fifth guy is at 39.7, so you didn't just take transfers, did you? You were looking for a specific skill set, and you wanted three-point shooters, and none of those guys are your leading scorer
5: yeah no you're right we uh when we uh when we needed to we put the roster last year we're number one thing we wanted to do was we had to get older you know the last couple of years before this uh we uh we've, we've had some injuries and the injuries occurred to all of most of our older guys, so it forced our young kids to play more and they weren't they weren't ready you know and so we ended up being younger and so number one thing we wanted to get older uh and the second thing is we needed to get bigger and stronger we needed to have better shooting and we needed some length and we also uh needed some guys just just more guys that had that were good basketball good all-around basketball players guys that had a feel for the game you know smart guys that felt the game skilled guys that could pass shoot and handle and uh you know we thought we did that when we recruited them, but you never know until we get them here. And then we got them here and we, and we felt like we, we addressed those needs pretty well. And so uh, we, we had, we had been shooting the ball really well. We are bigger, stronger. We got bigger bodies. We're older. Uh, We've got guys that have a good feel for the game, smarter guys that that figure out the game. Uh, And so we were looking for specific things, obviously, because last year we didn't shoot the ball well. And, and we weren't did weren't big enough and strong enough and all that kind of stuff. So I uh, felt like we addressed those needs, and it worked out pretty well.
6: So I think you get the winner, Montana-Idaho, correct? Uh, yes. And you swept Idaho, but Montana, you split. Now, both those games were on the road with Montana, and that, that's the way it was this year, uh, mm-hmm. obviously. And it was screwed up here. We already addressed that. Uh, I, and I don't know. I don't know if Montana's going to win or uh, Idaho's going to win. But how do you handicap that potential matchup?
5: I, you know, I, on paper you would look. You know, Montana's probably you know, got a good chance to win that game. Yeah. You know, and we played those guys twice up at their place. They beat us the first game, and then we beat them the second game. Um, they got a, you know, they got a talented team. They're they're a little bit younger than they normally are. Uh, and they've been a little bit inconsistent, but they got a talented team. Idaho has had you know, a pretty tough season. Um, they had some new guys this year. They didn't win a lot of games. Um, so I guess on paper you think, yeah, it's probably going to be Montana, but you never know in a conference tournament, right? I mean, anything can happen. So we got to just kind of prepare a little bit this week for a little bit of both, and then figure out Wednesday who we're going to play. But, uh, you know, both teams – Uh, you know, we played both teams on the road um, and we swept Idaho, so uh, you know, we got a pretty good feel for both teams we got to play both of them twice Uh, we kind of know what they're all about and what the matchup looks like and what we got to do to have a chance uh, playing either one, so it's going to be, it's always interesting you know, when you got a quick turnaround you find out Wednesday who you're going to play and then you got to get ready to play Thursday, so but, you know, with COVID you know, it does, it just doesn't matter who you're going to play. You're just thankful to be playing. We're thankful that we're having a conference tournament. We're thankful that we we've been able to play. We played 16 games in 50 days. Yeah. Uh, we played straight through for about eight weeks, and uh, and so we've been we've been at it pretty well. And so I, we've been blessed. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that play a weekend. They cancel a weekend. You know, maybe two and. So we've been really fortunate and knock on wood that it stays that way. We're just excited to go play another game.
0: Randy Ray, Weber State men's basketball coach joining us. have they told you what the protocol is if you get that kind of call, you got you know a couple hours before the northern Colorado game are they going to delay stuff a game? Will there be forfeits? Uh, I mean, it's been dicey in the regular season, but tournaments get even more complicated.
5: Yeah, it sure does. Um, I was told yesterday that, There's four teams that went to conference tournaments. That when they got there, they tested positive. Uh, Somebody told me that, and I think is what's going to happen is if if we if somebody gets over there, and they test positive, they're done. They got to leave. You know, they got to get out of there fast. Um, And so they just move on the team that they were going to play. Right. So. You know, let's say they get over there tomorrow and in Idaho or Montana test positive. Well, they got to get out and go home, and the next team advances, and they just kind of keep moving up teams that they were supposed to play. And let's knock on wood that that doesn't happen to anybody because that would be pretty hard for anybody to take. But but I think that's the protocol, and so and we're testing every day. We've been test start. We started Sunday, and we're going to test every day and game day and everything. Uh, and then once we get to the tournament and the hotels you know you pretty much you got to pretty much bubble it up you know you're not allowed to go many places it's going to be hotel room meeting room and then the arena and then there's nothing in between so that's what they're going to make us do which is you know what we've kind of been doing anyway to be honest with you.
6: So you've mentioned, Randy, multiple times here in this conversation, gratitude for the opportunity to play, justifiably so. Do you think that's maybe heightened the focus and awareness of the guys? Now you've got a more veteran team here anyway, so you have some maturity. But because of the situation, how much has that increase that uh, focus and concentration and all the things necessary to produce a winning product out on the floor?
5: Well, I do think it's been important. I think it's been important to have, a, like I say, an older team as well, a more mature team. Um, you know, our guys, we, we usually have some guys in the dorms when we move, you know, start school. We moved all of our guys out of the dorms. We put them in an apartment. We try to put them as close together as possible and bubble them up. And then we, you know, we were pretty hard on them about, hey, if you want to play basketball this year, you're going to mask up you're going to social distance you're not going to be around people so these kids have sacrificed their college life to play basketball and they've given up the social aspect and obviously the aspect of being able to go to class in person and everything's online so they have sacrificed a lot and i think when you have an older group i think they handle it they handle it really well and they they're more mature about it and and in some ways it's really brought our team and probably most teams closer together because that's your family that's that's who you're going to be with you don't you're not allowed to go hang out with girlfriends and buddies and all this kind of stuff as much and it's brought teams that allow themselves if you you, you know your team better like each other if they don't like each other and respect each other it's probably going to be a hard year because they're they're going to spend a lot of time and our team really likes each other and they like being around each other. And I think it's made them even closer so that when you do get on the court, you have more of a bond and, and, uh, and these guys have, have embraced, you know, I told them before every game, Hey, let's embrace the opportunity. We get to play a game today. Gosh, dang it. There's a lot of teams that don't get to do that. So let's make the most of it and do it together and go fight for each other and And they've done that, and it's been fun to watch. And it's been fun to watch our team as the season's gone on even become even more closer.
0: Randy Ray, Weber State basketball coach, joining us with the Big Sky Tournament coming up. And Southern Utah finished a half game in front of Weber State in Eastern Washington. So there's three teams that have separated. And, you know, only one can win the tournament, only one can qualify for the NCAA. But things happen so fast. Have they gone over the protocol of what happens to the champion? Normally, you'd come home and there'd be a viewing party the next day and you'd celebrate the announcement of where you're playing and who you're playing. But with the bubble and the tournament, is around the country. It's all in Indianapolis. Do you just have to stay in the hotel, wait for the announcement? Do you fly to India? How, how does that work?
5: Yeah, we were told that uh, whoever wins the tournament on Sunday, they'll fly right to Indianapolis and get to your hotel room and kind of bubble up, you know? So there's no in between time. Um, uh, the championship game will be played Saturday. The winner gets on a plane and they go right there. And it's just your limited travel party, right? I mean, it's it's not going to be family. Now, your family can get out there, but, it, it, you know, even at the conference tournament, if you have family coming, you don't get to see them, you know, so we're bubbling up. So, yeah, it's it's just going from one thing to the next, so whoever wins it, they just go right on Sunday to Indianapolis and sit in the hotel room and go practice and figure out when you're going to play and who you're going to play and move on. So, kind of very different, right? Hmm. <laughs> very different. But, hey, it'd be great. (laughs) Nobody's going to complain. I don't think they will complain. I know we wouldn't complain if we're fortunate enough to to get to that point.
0: Well, Randy, good luck in the tournament. We'll be tracking it to see how you do, and uh, hopefully it'll work out for you. Thanks for coming on the air for a few minutes.
5: Yeah, thanks a lot. Guys, really appreciate
0: you having me. Thank you. There's Randy Ray, Weber State basketball coach. When we come back, back to football, Puka Nakua, star wide receiver at Arm High, went to Washington, and now he's coming home to play for BYU with his brother Sampson uh, transferring from Utah to BYU. Puka joins us next. Stay with us. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Puka Nakua, star wide receiver for the Orem Tigers. Everybody in the country is trying to recruit him. He ended up going to Washington, passing on the local schools, but now he's coming home to play for BYU. Announced on social media Monday night. Uh, PK and I had him on in the last segment of the show yesterday. He volunteered to come on at 9 a.m., and he's still in Washington, so that was 8 a.m., and he's a college kid. This will shock you. He overslept. I'd like to be critical of that, but it would be... Highly hypocritical of me, so I'll just pass on that. We're glad he joined us, and he said some interesting stuff. Is he going to be eligible right away? When did he first know he wanted to transfer back, and why? How well does he know the coaches and the players? How well does his brother? Uh, A lot of interesting stuff. Other schools that wanted him right at the end of the interview. Stay tuned for that. Puka was a little surprised who contacted him. Here's Puka Nakua with PK and I. Puka, good morning.
7: Good morning, man. I don't know. I mean... I don't know if you guys remember, but we met a while back when I was at Orm at the, some award show. and You guys gave me a yes, of course out on we the, do on the radio station for sure. And I totally—I mean, I have, my grandma still listens to this radio station. I haven't been out because obviously I've been out here, but <laughs> I'm excited about I'm Puka. Excited that was one out. of my career
6: highlights. Was pres- that was one of my career highlights presenting you with that award? <laughs>
7: thank you, thank you. I remember that for sure, because I remember I was like, hey, I really listen to you guys every morning with my grandma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we referenced it uh, earlier this morning, uh, talking to you uh, talking to you backstage, because that's just a phrase that sounds cool.
7: Yeah. Uh,
0: we were talking backstage. <laughs> okay. Uh, Yapuka, there's a lot of interest, obviously. There's a lot of interest in you when you were at Orem High, making a lot of big plays, and you disappointed everybody by going to Washington, the Ute fans wanted you there the Cougar fans wanted you there now you're coming back to BYU take us through this obviously you didn't want to go to the Y right away or you would have you wanted to go to Washington when does it occur to you maybe I would like to go to the Y what triggers that why do you start thinking that when do you start thinking that and where do things go
7: um honestly just with the year that it's been with the COVID season and stuff uh it was nice. It was nice to be home for the time that it was, and then coming back out with our season and stuff. And then with each conference having its own kind of rules and stuff, it was it was weird to watch some teams play a bunch of games and then us not to a to good slot. And then obviously watching BYU play. I mean, Zach Wilson was my seven on seven quarterback, and I know. I mean, growing up in Provo, I know a good amount of guys on the team. So seeing like the hometown succeed, it, it was it was nice for kids to. For people to hear about Provo and stuff like that, so it was it was definitely exciting to see them ball. But uh, some family issues always always want to be close to mama and grandma. So uh, being home is there's nothing like it for sure. But it's watching the season that the Cougs had last year it definitely made my interest spark more and more. <laughs>
6: Uh, Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. We saw Dax Mill go for over 1,000 yards and just now is going to enter the draft. And he's a former walk-on. I don't know if you knew him. I know he's uh, buddies with Fajoco, and they're working out here getting ready for the draft. When you saw that, how much did that play into your factor
7: to uh, want to come to BYU? That was pretty pretty big, too. I know Dax, uh, we played against each other in high school, too, when he was at Bingham. uh, But... It was it was pretty cool to see his success story and his grind and be able to watch him succeed and then just another is just it was light it was light at the tone knowing that it's, it's possible to be done and I would, like there the future is bright for the Cougs and they're getting ready to throw the ball.
0: <laughs> yeah. So- I'm curious, did you tell Samson, hey, I'm thinking about this, how about you do it too? Or was he the one who said, hey, I'm thinking about this, why don't you do it? It seems unlikely to me that you both came to this conclusion independently and were surprised to find the other guys showing up.
7: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did. it wasn't the plan when uh, he got in the portal, but it, as things kind of slowly progressed and it kind of it seemed like the opportunity presented itself for us to play together which i i avoided in high school by going to orem so i, I couldn't miss out on this chance again to play with it. it was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and i knew mama would be happy to wear the same jersey for once <laughs> yeah
6: for sure uh how much do you know aaron roderick he's going to be calling
7: the plays obviously for byu um, a little bit sam' sam was the sam was the plug for that one he uh coach Roddick was there when sam was at utah and he's yeah. was a good relationship and really liked him so sam sam was that one and I know coach uh fessy he was there recruiting me uh in high school and i mean I was in their backyard pretty much so i, I was around a lot so i'm excited to be home and kind of get back into a groove. <laughs>
0: You know, we have talked a lot about the number of high-level Utah high school uh, players who have left the state, and whether it's Oregon or Washington or USC or Stanford, in some cases Alabama and LSU, you were one of the guys who felt the pull to go out of state and, and, and prove yourself and show what you can do. What, what is that? Uh, you've kind of gone into why it's not so important to you so much anymore, but, but what is it that 17- and 18-year-olds want to do that?
7: Um, I think for me, growing, uh, like living in Vegas and then growing up in Utah, is, I'd seen a different lifestyle, and I, th- I felt like I wanted to get away from home to grow up and kind of be on my own and experience, I guess, college in a different way. But I, I'm glad I was able to achieve that. But there's nothing like being home and family. It's always being there. Like the experience and the relationships I made out here in Seattle will last me a lifetime, and I'm forever grateful for them. But. I'm excited to be home and spend time with my family and just to be home. There's nothing like home for sure.
6: <laughs> uh, do you know, will you be eligible next season or are you going to have to redshirt?
7: Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that as of right now. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Good. So it doesn't matter to you, though, all the other things, the poll, if, if you end up, I'm sure you'd rather not redshirt, but if you end up having a redshirt, you're good with that.
7: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely not the plan, but uh, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be home, so I, I'm excited for the future, and I just can't wait. <laughs> I'm ready to, I'm ready to come home for sure. <laughs> Do you know the quarterbacks at all that you'll uh, that are competing for BYU's job right now? Um, a little bit. I know, I know J- uh, Jared and. Uh, Jacob, I played uh, with Jacob Conover and the Pondies and Bowl together, and we actually played some basketball when I was back home early in January. But uh, those are the two quarterbacks I know, and I know they got a, the, the Romney brother competing as well. So I know spring ball is pretty intense right now for them. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to, to learn and to watch everybody, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into it.
0: <laughs> so how have you grown or changed as a receiver over these couple of years?
7: Uh, physically, I, I mean, in high school, I wasn't the biggest lifter. <laughs> I was really worried more about the field work. I was like, I figured if I could work really hard at the field, even if you could hit me pretty hard, I, I'd managed to work around it. <laughs> but definitely got a lot stronger. Uh, in high school, I was probably around 195 pounds. And I think around last season, I was playing around 210 pounds. Which was probably around the biggest I've ever been, but also I felt the strongest and fastest. Um, And I can't thank my position coach out here, Coach Adams, a lot. More on the X's and O's side, just truly understanding defenses, alignments, um, coverages, seeing what making the defense so much easier for me to understand and to be able to walk out on the field and be prepared and know what the defense is getting ready to give us so I can execute my game plan and our game plan as effectively as possible.
6: So they're having spring ball now. You obviously aren't going to be there for spring ball. When do you think you will be around the program to work out with the guys, and when will you be officially enrolled in school?
7: Um, I believe the summertime. Yeah, I know, yeah, because they're in spring ball right now, so the summertime would be the most free and... The most grind time, the most exciting time. Honestly, <laughs> just to be around everybody and kind of get back into the groove of playing football and get to know all the guys and stuff, and just get to work. I know everybody's excited, and BYU's had this this chip on their shoulder always for a while, but I know last last season kind of put them on the map and let people know that they're ready. They they really do want it all, and I'm ready to uphold that and to fight with my boys. <laughs>
0: So one thing when you go to a school like Washington, any Pac twelve school, they'll tell you, Hey, come here, we're gonna do something special, we're gonna go to the Rose Bowl, why would you go to BYU? They can't do that. Is there any uh any part of you is think, Hey, I'm giving this up or uh the pull at home is so strong you just don't care?
7: Yeah, I mean, the pull at home is way is too strong. I, I I really did enjoy and I was blessed to be out here to be at the University of Washington, but I I'm I'm hundred percent confident in the in the power and the skill at BYU to get the job done and I know I mean we play some good teams this year already, so it's gonna be interesting to see how I was mean, excited for people to see what, what what's in store.
6: I'm wondering as far as Sampson uh, going to BYU, was it a package deal? meaning that if you decided to stay at Washington, he still would have gone to BYU, or if he would have gone someplace else, you would have still decided to go to BYU. Was that the situation, or was it all or nothing as far as that goes?
7: Um, yeah, we we were kind of coming in as a package deal. Like I said before, I mean, I, I went the opposite way in high school of playing with him, so when he got in the portal and we started talking, I mean, I knew that, stuff like this doesn't always happen, so I knew I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity to play with him again, so I think the, the, the plan was for sure for us to go together wherever we were going to go. Okay. Okay.
0: So, the portal is a relatively new thing. There's a lot of stuff uh, you know, PK and I can kind of figure out how it's going to work because we've seen it work before i'm curious when you go into the portal do you not go in until you pretty well know how things are going to work out or did you go into the portal holding your breath thinking i'm kind of burning this bridge behind me with washington i'm not sure what's out there but i'm going to roll the dice how was that
7: um well i'm not yeah (laughs) uh it's a little bit of both honestly. it was it's kind of scary and then I and then when I got into the portal um thinking of the schools that I had in mind just wondering if they're available or what is their what are their scholarships looking like or the receiver room as well and then also like more schools that i I thought would honestly hit me up uh, contacted me and then it it shifted my mind a little bit but, uh i I mean after being able to talk with my family and uh some of these coaches i i felt right- i felt right with my decision,
6: <laughs> so you talk about your family and obviously you got a close knit family one of those family members is an older brother Kai who's in the n f l obviously played at b y u How much did you seek counsel from him
7: <laughs> um a lot honestly, he was probably one of my main calls <laughs> uh just going through the process that he has in the NFL, and obviously going to BYU, uh, he just wants us to succeed and to be able to be part of the journey that he's been on and going to the NFL. And it's always—I mean—it's a blessing to have that perspective and those eyes and ears around us. So it was, I'm grateful for him and the brother and the leadership he shows us. But yeah, he—he he was a big part of it. and I know he's probably excited, but I was—I was letting him know that they're not about to retire that twelve because I need it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's part of the deal huh? you got to have the 12 yeah <laughs> so i'm I'm curious you said some other schools hit you up how many schools hit you up and uh, how big time were they who who was after you
7: um I probably, I think I had around 15 or 20 schools um, schools from the big 12 uh. Penn State. I mean, most of schools in the Pac-12. Um, some smaller schools. Everybody's always kind of wonder if it's like about grades. Some smaller schools like Louisiana, like Lafayette. We're like, are your grades good? Like, can we get you here? Some stuff like that. So it's, pretty, it's a lot of schools, a lot of smaller schools, but some schools out on the East Coast that I mean, I didn't, I'd never even come to in contact with in high school.
0: Well, Puka, you got a lot of BYU fans excited, that is for sure. And now they can't wait to hear, uh, you know, if you're red shooting and if you're going to be eligible right away. So uh, as soon as you know, let us know, because, you know, we hung out with you backstage, dude.
7: <laughs> yeah, I will, do. <laughs> All
0: right. Puka, it's good to hear from you, and uh, we're excited to see what you can do. As always, uh, I'm not, we were watching you Washington, too, so we were excited to see what you do wherever you were. But uh, it always means a little more when you're a little closer to home. Puka, thanks a lot. We appreciate a few minutes.
7: Yep, you guys have a good
0: one. There's Puka Nakua, future BYU receiver. But will he be eligible or will he redshirt? Still to be determined, according to Puka. When we come back, what we know for sure is we'll do what is trending and we'll talk about all the basketball, including the West Coast Conference title game, BYU and Gonzaga. Stay with us.